Okay guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 3, Episode 51, The Apple. And the reason that I called it The Apple, well, okay, we're not talking about the supposed apple that was eaten as the forbidden fruit because I don't believe that it was an apple anyway. I believe it was a fig. And the reason that I believe that in, in very short, quick, uh, abridged terms is that when Adam and Eve realized that they were naked and they were ashamed of their nakedness, they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. So to me, it just kind of makes sense that they ate from the, the fig tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, in my opinion, and then they saw their nakedness and then they covered themselves with what was on hand, which was fig leaves. And then even furthermore, uh, when you fast forward to the New Testament and Jesus comes and he curses a fig tree because even though it should have had fruit, it didn't. Because that tree of knowledge of good and evil, that tree of death can't produce fruit. So he cursed it and it withered and died. So to me, um, when people always talk about the apple being the forbidden fruit, like I, I don't I don't really get with that. And it doesn't really matter. Like I even had this conversation not too long ago. Um, so many, I guess, religious folk really get tied up on chapter and verse and they really get tied up on like like I had people I've 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 had people ask me if I believe that Adam and Eve were the first two humans ever created and that all of the population of the whole world came from them. And my answer to that is always that the Bible doesn't necessarily say that they were the first two or the only two. It's just the two that we are focused on. You know, God made Adam out of the dust of the ground, and then he made Eve out of Adam's rib, and then they had children, and then those children had children. But it, it the Bible doesn't say that there were no other people. And furthermore, to me, that doesn't matter. That's not the point of the story. The you know I there there's a there's a place in the New Testament that um, a lot of people kind of use and I didn't I didn't search this out. I didn't even know I was going to go this way to to start this rant today. But it talks about how uh, you know Scripture is used for edification and Scripture is used for uh, like in, instruction and teaching. So we're supposed to get spiritual truths out of it. We're supposed to read the Old Testament cross-eyed through the eyes of the cross. Uh, I've heard the Bible described like this. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed and the New Testament is Jesus revealed. It's all Jesus. History is his story. So when we're looking at the story, even of, of Adam and Eve, to, to kind of follow on with, with my example, we're looking at God's redemptive work. We're looking at the work of the cross. We're looking at Jesus in every chapter and every verse. And I know that can be kind of weird to say because there's, honestly, there's kind of some gnarly stuff in, 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 in the Bible. You know, there's war and there's, there's pillaging and there's, there's rape and there's murder and there's a big flood that wipes out all of the human population. And, and that one's funny to me too, because, you know, just again, as another real quick aside, uh, there's so many like ancient historical references and records of a flood, but yet people who, uh, 
kind of want to, I don't necessarily want to say atheists, but you know, they're just the people who are like anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-Christ, all of those things. They always want to say, there's no way that one boat survived when everything else drowned. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is God's redemptive work, washing the world clean, washing the sin out. And if, if you have to believe that he killed uh, however many men, women, and children were on the earth at that time, I can't stop you from believing that. And if you refuse to believe that and you just see it more as an allegory or, or, or more as a type and shadow, then that's okay too. The Bible is not something that we're supposed to necessarily fight about. The Bible is something that we're supposed to see Jesus in. Again, like I said, on every page, in every chapter, in every verse. And, and, and the way that you do that is to read it cross-eyed, to read it through the lens of the finished work of the cross, to see Jesus um, in, 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 in the Old Testament. And I really, truly believe that, you know, Jesus makes a lot of appearances in the Old Testament. And, and I might do those uh, next year, starting in season four. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I, I, I really don't plan this out all that much i kind of try to be sensitive to the spirit and just kind of go where it leads and uh and i know i repeat myself a lot but uh you know as i've said before i'll repeat myself again uh my dad taught me that one of the best ways to learn something or to teach something is through repetition so i feel like i kind of feel like i just say the same thing every week and and just try to come up with like new ways to say it and different pictures of it and and more examples of it but I feel like all I have to say is, you know, God is love and he loves you. So our job is to let him love us and to love him back by loving each other. And really, that's what I want to talk about today. When I'm talking about the apple, I'm not talking about the quote unquote forbidden fruit. What I am talking about is how we are the apple of God's eye. I always like to say, I'm God's favorite and so are you because humanity is his favorite creation. We as a whole are the thing, okay, let me say it like this. The God who is love needed to express himself, which means he needed something to love. So he created everything in the universe and in the very middle of it, he created us. And we are the best receptacle of his expressions of love especially when you're talking about being filled with the holy spirit especially when you're talking about knowing him as our heavenly father knowing him in in, in all these different pictures that i that i try to show of the relationship between god and man which really is is even deeper than that because really it's not just god and man but it's god in man it's god living in us as we live in him who we really are is who we are in Christ, which is who Christ is in us. So when 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 we find our place in the world, to me, it has to start with a correct relationship with the creator of the world. It has to start with coming from knowing who we are in the context of who he is, which is why I think the father-son picture is the best and most powerful picture of that relationship in the Bible. Like when God manifested himself and he said, I'm going to show you, <laughs> like pay attention. Like, you know, Jesus said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. The most clear picture we have of God is through a father and his son. It's the heavenly father and it's 
his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. And the reason that God is well pleased with us is not because of what we do or don't do or have done or will do. The reason that God is well pleased with us is because he knows the end from the beginning, right? He knows that no matter what happens at the end of the day, we are in right standing with him because Jesus took away the sin or the unbelief of the world and reconciled us back to him and brought us back to the Father. You know, much like the, the, the prodigal son who went out to experience the world and he wanted his inheritance, basically saying, Dad, I wish you were dead because I'd rather have money than you. And his father gave him the inheritance and he went out and he squandered it. And he found that there was nothing for him out in the world. And he came back to father's house. But not only did he come back to father's house, father ran out to meet him. And he said, my son who is who was dead is now alive. Like that to me is a pretty clear picture of the, of, of, of the work of the cross, of, of the work of God. Uh, again, his judgment was not a death sentence. Man sentenced Jesus to death. And then God's judgment was to raise him from the dead and give him newness of life, abundant life, everlasting life, eternal life, resurrection life. So I want to read four memory verses today, and I'm doing it all in the King James Version because the King James Version has uh, the phrasing that I want for three of them. And then I just did the last one in the King James also just, just to stay consistent with it for today. Um, but I really want to talk about this idea that, you know, last week we talked about being highly esteemed in each other's eyes or highly esteeming others in our own eyes, of seeing others as important, of seeing others as somebody who is worthy of laying our life down. Jesus said the, the greatest love a man can have is to lay his life down for his friends. And when we see each other correctly, when we esteem each other higher than ourselves, then it becomes a very simple matter to lay your life down. You, 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 you'll be able to love the way that you are loved when you take everything else out of it. When you take, oh, well, do they deserve it? Oh, well, they wronged me, so I'm not going to love them. When you take all of that stuff out of it and you just love people because God loves you, it makes it so simple. So this week, I want to kind of shift the focus a little bit, and I just want to really hone in on and hammer down on the way that God sees us and the way that God loves us. And like I said, we are the apple of his eye. We are his most favorite, most cherished possession. He gave his only son to redeem us so that we might be that same son, so, we that, so that we might experience that same father-son relationship with him. When Jesus was lifted up from the earth on the cross, he drew us all into himself. And he said, you know, the Bible talks about in the beginning, we were created in the image of God, but we didn't know what that image was. And then through the cross, we were conformed to the image of God's only begotten son. So now we know who we are because now we know who Jesus is. And again, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He, he in, in some ways, like he is the bridge between our understanding of ourselves and our understanding of God. And it meets in the middle in that perfect man of Jesus, God in the flesh, love in a body, God in our flesh, love in our body, excuse me, so that the love that's inside of us can come out of us. But you have to know who you are 
in order to stop trying to be somebody you're not. And I see this a lot. I see people try to try to change themselves or jump through hoops or, uh, you know, do what they think they need to do in order to get what they think they haven't got. And I've talked about this a lot, too. Um, Jesus said, uh, any man who tries to come into the sheepfold any way other than through the door is a robber and a thief. We always think, you know, the, the devil's the robber, Satan's the robber, he's trying to steal what Jesus gave me and all this different kind of stuff. When, when the truth of the matter is, we rob ourselves from the gift we've been given by trying to earn something that we already have, by trying to earn something that cannot be earned. So we need to understand who we are, where we are, what we have, why we're here. That's why I wrote the Answer Trilogy. That's why I wrote, you know, uh, Identity Crisis and Six Steps to the Throne and Epic. I wrote those books to give the answers to what I think are some of the most important questions, you know, in, in, really in the world. So today, I really just want to focus on this very important truth that we are the apple of God's eye. We are his favorite. Like I said before, I'm his favorite and so are you. And we need to understand what that means, and we need to understand what to do with that. So the first verse I want to read is Psalm 17, verse 8. And again, I'm reading all of these in the King James Version today. So Psalm 17, 8 says, and this is, this is a cry from, from man to God. It says, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. And this one was really interesting to me because when when Jesus came on his on his earthwalk ministry, he said at one point, he said, you know, uh, how badly do I want to just just take you under my wings, like like basically like a mama chicken, protecting her her chicks, and it's like it's so interesting to me. So many times in the Bible, the cry of man's heart is the same as the cry of God's heart. Like in Psalm 17, 8, it says, hide me under the shadow of your wings. And Jesus comes and he says, how badly do I want to just hide you under the shadow of my wings? I want to keep you safe. I want to bring you close. I want to take care of you and provide for you. I want for you all of these things that you want for you. And it says, you know, keep me as the apple of the eye. So we, I don't know why this is about human beings, but it seems like so often the bad outweighs the good. It seems like so often we can be having a great day and one bump in the road can just totally upset our whole entire apple cart. It seems like one bad thing just outweighs all of the good things. And I don't know why that is with humans. And and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not putting myself apart from that. I feel that way too sometimes. It fe sometimes it feels like the bad things are bigger and stronger and more important. So it's like, it's like we are the apple of God's eye and we are his most favorite creation. And yet it's hard for us to believe that. Like anything that seems too good to be true, we assume that it is too good to be true. Anything that seems like a dream come true, we think we're, we're, we're dreaming. We think, wake me up because this, is, this isn't real. And I think a lot of times that's how we look at love. Because so many times in my life, when I've loved somebody and I've given them whatever it is, like they're suspicious of it. Like people think that if you love them, it's because you have some kind of motive. They th that 
the idea of 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 me giving to you without wanting anything from you that trips people out man that messes people up because it doesn't make sense to that carnal mindset it doesn't make sense to the idea of i have to take care of me i have to get for me i have to do for me 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 that self-centered mindset does not understand generosity and it does not understand bless in order to be a blessing it does not understand god gave us abundance so that we could live out of our abundance and give away our abundance it doesn't it, that doesn't make sense to that selfish carnal mind so for somebody to give which which again i say this i feel like i say this every week too love is giving for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son you can give without loving but you can't love without giving so when you love somebody and you give them of yourself it's hard for them to understand that doesn't make sense to a lot of people so you know i always say love doesn't have a motive love is the motive i'm not loving you in order to get something from you i'm giving what i've got to you because i love you and and again that's hard for people to understand a lot of times it's like god tells us the truth about who he is and who we are and yet we still cry out for that very truth to be true keep me please god keep me as the apple of the eye hide me under the shadow of thy wings and god's like you are the apple of my eye i am hiding you under the shadow of my wings i am protecting you i am taking care of you i am providing for you because you are the apple of my eye you have these things that you want so stop chasing them start living from a posture of rest start letting what's true about you be true about you by knowing it and believing it because what you do flows from what you believe. If you believe right, you will do right. What's inside of you, or, or, or again, more accurately, what you believe is inside of you is what will come out of you. When you fill yourself up to overflowing with what you've already been filled with, it comes out naturally. You don't have to force it out. You don't even have to think about it. it it's, it's, it's not even second nature. It's literally our first nature. It's our true nature. It's who we really are. So we have this cry, keep me as the apple of your eye. God, please pay attention to me. God, take care of me, protect me, hide me under the shadow of your wings. That's the cry of man's heart. And then we go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10. And it says, he found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. God came down to us when we could not get up to him and he brought us up to him. God made the sacrifice that we could not make. We tried so many times to sacrifice. Even, even when God set up the whole entire uh, system of animal sacrifice in, 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 the, in the old covenant, it was all, again, it was just type and shadow of Jesus. That was a sacrifice that would, would appease his wrath for a year. And then Jesus came and God poured out his wrath, which which really, if you look that word up, wrath, it, it really means strong desire. It doesn't mean anger, right? Parents, a, a, a true parent, a real parent, a good parent desires for his children to do good and to have good and to live well more than being mad at them and wanting to punish them. I very rarely punish my son, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think so. I very rarely punish my son because I would rather correct him and then move on. 
I don't think that, you know, some of this, uh, uh, some of this, some of the ways we look at each other, a lot of times it's an eye for an eye. We feel like if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. If you did it to me, I'm going to do it back to you. And Jesus came and he said, but I show you a better way. Uh, you say an eye for an eye. I say, turn the other cheek. And that's, you know, again, that can be hard because we like this sense of justice. We like this sense of having the scales balanced. But that's not what life is about. Life is about living your best life, which means living a life full of love, which means letting God love you and loving him back by loving people. So man cries out to God, keep me as the apple of your eye. And then God finds man in a desert land, in the waste howling wilderness, and leads him about, instructs him, and keeps him as the apple of his eye. And, and, and you know, I'm, as we're going to see in just a second, God leading us about and instructing us is very, very important. Because, you know, especially when uh, we see it very clearly in the story of, of the people of Israel, when they were freed from slavery, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to live. Every time there was a bump in the road, they, they cried out to Moses and they said, we were better off as slaves in Egypt. Why can't we go back there? We had three hots in a cot. We had everything taken care of. We knew what we were getting into. We knew what to expect. It wasn't that bad. But but really, it was that bad because it was slavery for like 400 years. They thought slavery was better than freedom because they didn't understand freedom. They didn't know how to be free. They didn't know how to behave. They didn't know how to act. So God led them about and he instructed them. And, and you know, at that time, without without the Holy Spirit living in people, he gave them the Ten Commandments and, and you know, the, the 400 and some odd laws that, that they extrapolated from the Ten Commandments, which I just think is, you know, probably one of the best examples of, of things just getting bad when, when we try too hard to, you know, legislate every single, you can't legislate morality. You can't make people be good people. The only way that people will be good people is if they know who they are and they know they are good people. Train up a child in the way he should go and he will not turn from it. He will not depart from it. We have to tell people who they are instead of always trying to tell them who they aren't. But again, he led them about, he instructed them, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. Which takes me to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 2, and it says, Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. In order to experience the truth, we have to know it and believe it. And I believe it's the book of James that talks about not just knowing it, but doing it. You have to know what to do, and you have to do what you know. So the idea where it says, uh, keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. If we understand God's law, which I'm going to read in just a second, um, and we keep that as our most prized possession, as our most cherished idea, as the center point of our life, then we will understand how God sees us, and we will be able to experience his life, not by trying to live it ourselves, but by letting him live it in us and through us and as us. Our job on this, our part on this, God made the way of grace. And we respond to that with the walk of faith. Because, you know, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. We respond to what God has done for us. And then we experience who God is 
in us. So uh, before I run out of time here, let me read uh, what God's law is, especially, you know, in, on this side of the cross, now that the work is finished, now that we needed a new commandment for a new man, because that's what we are. We are new creations in Christ. The old does not apply to us anymore. Jesus fulfilled it and then brought us into something new. So John 13, 34 in the King James Version reads, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. That to me, if we kept that one simple commandment as the apple of our eye, if we kept that as our focus, if we really just understood what that means and 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 not just what it means to us but what it means for us love one another as jesus loves us we are to love one another and that's so important even the order of that to me is so important because it puts all of the emphasis where it belongs it puts all of the emphasis on god's love for us he wants us to love each other as big as he loves us that's all we have to do all you have to do is love one another as he loves you so if he wants you to love big he's got to first love you big if he wants you to give he's got to first give it to you because you can't give what you don't have and you can only give what you do have and that's why i talk about the divine order of things is receiving and releasing you have to receive it first so that you have something to release but but in in, in a in, in a in a very upside down backwards uh kingdom economy you receive and release but you release by receiving because if you love somebody you're proving to them and to yourself that you have love otherwise you couldn't give it to them because i'll say it again you can't give what you don't have and you can only give what you do have so when you step out in faith and you love somebody you're saying i have something to give god gave me this love and now i'm going to release this love so we receive it and then we release it but we release it by receiving it we fill ourselves up to overflowing with what jesus has already filled us up with and when we keep his law as the apple of his uh, as the apple of our eye if we uh, if we keep his commandments then we live because to live is to love and to love is to live you can't have one without the other and you can't do one without the other they aren't just connected they're the same thing the bible says in another place that we know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another it's all about love love is life a life of love is a life worth living and really that's the only way to live to experience the life that jesus gave us when when he went to the cross and he gave his life for us and he gave his life to us so if we want to keep his commandments and live then we keep his law as the apple of our eye we keep this new commandment for the new man the new creature in christ we keep this commandment love one another as i have loved you we keep that as our most cherished possession as our most prized possession as the central truth about life to me the secret of life is simply god loves you so love him back by loving people 
That's the whole secret. That's the whole shebang. That's the whole point of the whole thing. Receiving God's love and returning it to him by releasing it to the people that you come into contact with. And that's as simple as I can make it. And I know that that's not always easy because a lot of times we do get caught up in whether or not we like somebody or whether or not somebody has hurt us or whether or not we think somebody deserves to be loved when really deserve has nothing to do with it. You are worthy of love because God created you full stop. He created you to be loved. He created you so that he could express himself to you and in you and through you and as you. The God who is love wanted to write a love letter to the world and he did it in you. We are living epistles. We are living letters to the rest of the world to show them who God is by loving them. Not by hitting them over the head with scripture, not by hitting them over the head with, well, you're a sinner and you need to change, but by loving them, by giving them what we have, by knowing and believing that we have something and then sharing it. That's how you experience it. You experience the gift you were given by giving it away. The gift of God is eternal life and we experience that gift by living. And again, to live is to love and to love is to live. So we cried out for God because we wanted to be the apple of his eye. He came down to us in the midst of our mess and he led us about and instructed us and told him and, and, and kept us as the apple of his eye. We said, God, I want to be your favorite. And he said, you are my favorite. I'm going to teach you how to live. And then he did that. And he said, keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. That's all we have to do is just follow that law is just let him love us and love him back by loving each other, by knowing that we are the apple of his eye and, and knowing that his love is the apple of our eye and just keeping that focus where it belongs on his love for us so that our love for him can explode out of us onto everybody that we come into contact with. All right, guys, I'm out of time. Thank you. Next week is the season finale, so so come back for that for sure. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that are written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it to uh to help me to get the word out which you know as we know by now is is my heart is just getting this word out word without walls ministry um so just thank you for your support i love you and there's nothing you can do about it amen <laughs>